Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Bruins are now 28-4-3 through 33 games, and that puts them first in the Atlantic, first in the Eastern Conference, and first in the National Hockey League. I'm Joey Capone. That's Rob Tachi, and we are joined today by a very special guest, our first guest ever, may I say, too. Uh, Bally Sports is own, Washed Media is own. Uh, do you have any other affiliations? Uh, no, not really. No? Okay, just uh, Pete Blackburn, everybody. Pete, thanks for coming on. Woo! Of course, thanks for having me. Uh, in case you guys don't know, me and Pete are technically direct competitors. Some would say arch rivals in the Red Sox space. Tons of blood, but bad blood there. Some would say sworn enemies. So I'm happy that you're willing to put some some of that aside and talk some bees today. Hopefully, we can we can get through it civilly. At this point, I feel like everybody's on the on the same side when it comes to the Red Sox. It's just like. The fans versus the Red Sox at this point. Yeah, which is honestly part of like doing this show is like the offseason is like you got to put your focus elsewhere, like be it the C's or the B's like I would say the Pats, but not even there's like there's two shows in town right now. Yes. Uh, yes so 100%. I'm going to start with this. Bruins are obviously all in this year. Is anything short of a Stanley Cup this year a failure? Um, I mean... Yeah, uh, generally speaking, yes, because like this is technically like the last dance and or, or presumably the last dance. And I think that the the expectations have shifted. I think if you had asked me at the beginning of the year, like what is what is like the line of success and failure? And I would say like, you know, a, a good playoff run would be like kind of would exceed people's expectations. I think, I think people were, a lot of people were expecting this team to take a step back. So I think given the way that they've played through the first quarter of the season, the expectations have shifted. And now like it is, they're Stanley cup favorites eyes are on the Stanley cup. And I think it would be disappointing if we saw a, a kind of like a regression and they flamed out in the postseason. No, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. And and to get there, just to cover all like the playoff cliche bases, obviously got to stay healthy. Which I mean, I don't even like fully believe with this team because they've shown that they can win when like their stars are down or like when goaltending is thin. Uh, and the other piece of that is solid goaltending. Uh, they've got the best goalie in the league in Olmark, just like everybody expected at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's been some concern around Swayman. He certainly had his struggles, some ups and downs. Where do you stand on Swayman right now? Do you see him drastically improving in the second half of the season, or is he like locked in as the backup? I mean, I think that he's locked in as the backup, but I think that's more of um that's more of an indication of just how well Allmark's playing. Like, I'm not overly worried about Swayman. He's had his he's had his ups and downs for sure, and uh, you know there are concerning elements that I would like for him to clean up. But uh, you know, I think that he's young enough. He's he's shown enough in his first few years where. Give him some time, you know, like if goaltending is is an unpredictable beast. And we've seen good goaltenders have really bad stretches and that can include like almost an entire season. So I I wouldn't oh, I would be careful to overreact too much to Swayman to like kick him out the door. <laughs> but I, I think right now, Olmark has locked himself in as the number one and deservedly so. Yeah, which is just crazy. I mean, obviously I was joking around there, but like nobody, nobody saw that coming. I'm, I'm one of the people who saw the contract that he got and was pretty baffled. They're like, why are we giving this much time? And I think that was like kind of the voice of everybody it was like, why are we giving this much time to a guy that like should be getting like a bridge deal to just like clear the way for Swayman? Yeah, I think that I definitely had my concerns about why you would make such 
such a drastic commitment when it, at the time it seemed like Swayman was going to be the guy was going to be the number one. And like my thought, my school of thought was like, why did you not sign one of the veteran, like the older veteran goaltenders for like one or two years to sort of bridge that, that gap and give you that extra stability and like insurance behind Swayman as you let him figure it out. They obviously saw something in Olmark, and I think that Olmark's numbers in uh, for a like a absolutely terrible Buffalo team were encouraging, and I think that that's what they bought into. And the first year wasn't so great. Now maybe it was where we're seeing that that, that confidence pay dividends and and what they saw in him originally. So uh, he's looked great. I, I'm I'm still like wondering which which Olmark is like the true Olmark, like la- last year's one or this year's one. And I think that that has not yet been answered, but I certainly hope it's this one. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty consistent. Is the thing like he just he's just regularly incredible. He did he had an unbelievable game uh, against uh, the Devils the other day. Uh, I remember hearing you on. Um, I don't want to get the network wrong. You were on television. You were somewhere on television. Uh, saying that the Devils are a team that you think can go deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they've cooled off a little bit now, kind of fallen back from from where they were, Like, uh, you still feel that way? I still feel that way. I still feel like they have a very, very good team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they have the depth to make like a, a super strong run. I really like what they have on the back end, and the goaltending does, does concern me a little bit because you know I know that they've gotten – some solid performances from Vitek Vanacek, but like his status as a true number one, I'm not totally buying in on. So like, I think that that team can be like last year's New York Rangers, where they put together a surprising strong playoff run. Um, But like, aren't, but it's like kind of clear that they're not fully there yet in terms of like the depth and what they have to really round it out to be like a true contender. But yeah, I still think that they can, they can make a run. I mean, for a while, they were kind of labeled as like the number one concern for Bruins fans. Do you think it's fallen from there? Um, I would say, yeah, it's probably fallen from there just based off of like that team is so young, so inexperienced. And, you know, when you have goaltending that isn't going to isn't going to kill you like like kill an opponent, it's I'm 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 less worried about them now where they've kind of like come back down to earth a little bit. I would honestly be more scared of a team like like Carolina. Carolina, you think that's like who they should have their eyes on? Like if you're a Bees fan, who you should have concern about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you obviously like can't overlook like a Tampa Bay Lightning, um, but you know, Carolina looks looks really good, and I know they look good every year, and like they're the they're like the analytical darlings and stuff. They they still look really good, and they worry me. Uh, speaking of looking really good. This is a segue. Uh, how do you feel about the TNT broadcast? TNT broadcast, I like a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that they have fun. I like that um, they're they're trying some new things. It's uh, it's sort of a breath of fresh air. And now on the other side with ESPN, I think that they are like just NBC light, and it looks like they barely care about their coverage. So, um, you know, it's all things balanced, I guess. Like I really like what what TNT is doing. I don't think they have it fully figured out, but at least they're. They're trying new things, and and it's it's uh, it's encouraging. Yeah, ESPN seems to be resting on their laurels a little bit. Like you're going to tune in. It's ESPN, mm-hmm. and if you don't, who cares? Because we're ESPN. Uh, I love the nationally televised game. We're we're a show that talks a lot about the broadcast. 
Okay, care that's about- fine by me. I like. I mean, I like talking about that stuff. It's it's stuff that a lot of people don't get into. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm I'm sure that we're going to talk about the Winter Classic at some point. Um, but like, one of the thing that I wrote in my column this week is that like, I I know that a lot of people are tired of the Winter Classic and they think it's stale. Well, blah 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 blah. I'm not in that camp. I am a little bit worried about the drop off in like buzz for the Winter Classic because. Like even being from here, I have not mm. seen a whole lot of buzz or heard a whole lot of buzz about the Winter Classic, and I think one of the big reasons is um, the switch to TNT uh, really hurts the incentivization for like local news, like like local NBC to advertise the game. Like, and so if you're watching football on NBC, you're not going to see the the Winter Classic commercials. If you're watching any of your local news programming, you're not going to see that. And like the only way that you're going to see uh, like um, an NHL winter classic commercial is by watching TNT or TBS or uh, NHL network. It's like the people that are watching that uh, are pretty much already NHL fans that are probably going to watch it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like unless you're, unless you're a basketball fan watching NBA on TNT and you're like, Oh, the winter classic, maybe I'll tune in on, for this. Like, the the buzz I think has really been hurt by the switch from uh, NBC to TNT, which is wild because I mean you're talking about the best team in the sport playing in probably the most historic venue that they could be at. Yeah, but I but I mean like the Bruins have been in it four times, the, yeah. the the Penguins have been in it three times. It's already been at Fenway, so like there's not a whole lot of new incentive, and I think the league. The league like fell ass backwards into a great matchup because both the, the Bruins and the Penguins were suppo- not supposed to be this good this year. And yeah. here they are. And it's it's looking like a really intriguing matchup. Unfortunately, the like the actual game is probably like the 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 weakest hook for the winter classic because the the game quality tends to take a step back when you play outside with like the weather elements and yeah. you know in terms of like the fan viewer experience it's not great like especially the, the, the in person really the, experience yeah the, yeah like the sight lines the in person experience is cool like up until the puck is dropped and then you're like oh crap I'm cold and I can barely see the ice so uh, like the, from they're they're really selling the the experience and the merchandise more than they're selling the actual game or the actual matchup yeah. It's just odd, like the the placement of the ice is so odd. I guess it makes sense that you don't want it on the infield, or that like the grounds crew politely requests that you don't have it over the infield. But the fact that all of the seating is low and and so far away from the outfield, like all of those grandstand seats are useless. I've- yeah, I mean, you can make an. I mean, you can make an. Arg- I love Fenway, but like you can make an argument that the like seating for baseball at Fenway isn't great. So seating for, uh, for a hockey game at Fenway, I went to the first one and it was pretty rough. Like you're pretty much from where I was sitting at the first one. It was like, you're pretty much like parallel or like very low, um, to, to the ice surface. And it's not great for a viewing experience. Like you can, I could barely see over like the, the near side boards, uh, the first time, first time around. So, um, yeah, I, again, like they're, they're selling they're selling the experience more than they're selling the game. They should have had hockey in mind when they were building that place. Yeah, I don't know what they were years ago. And they're like, yeah, we got to make this a multi-use uh, venue for football, uh, concerts, hockey, 
and also a baseball team that yeah. doesn't want to. They're like them. Morgan Wallen's going to be here at some point, so we got to kind of. We have to. We have to uh, really cater to Zach Brown six times a year. <laughs> uh, are you going this year to the Winter Classic? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Are you uh, Are you doing media stuff, or do you have tickets? I'm doing media stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, it, the press box experience will be a little bit better than the uh, the first time around. I, I would imagine so. Are yeah. you uh, are you skating on the ice again? Because I remember you did that a couple years ago. When they I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I have not like received. I don't know if they're doing a media game or whatever. I haven't heard anything about it. So the first time I did it, it was it was the best. What a, what a time! Yeah, I mean, I brought it up because I'm. I was going to ask you how do I, how do you do that? Yeah, I would love to <laughs> tell you, but I don't know. I just got uh like they they randomly reached out the first time around, and they were like, actually. I don't even know if that was for the Winter Classic the first time around. I think that was for Frozen Fenway for like the, um, oh. the college, the college go. Could be wrong, but I think that that's what it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many events. There's just always something going yeah. on. There's, I feel like there's there's an ice rink there every other year for for one Which reason. It's fine or by me. It's cool. Like, I'm cool with it. I I wish they would bring back the uh, the Red Bull. What is that the called? Big the Air? downhill. Yeah. That was sick. I went to that. That was awesome. The uh, like the big air, uh, like whatever it was skiing or snowboarding. It was that was awesome. Yeah. Or the and they have the uh, the downhill ice racing thing. Yes. You know yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. It wasn't skiing and snowboarding. It was like the Red Bull like fast track thing or whatever it was. Crazy. Yeah. It, that's a wild thing. I saw some video somewhere. I don't know if it was NHLers. They had. I doubt it is NHLers because they would risk getting very hurt. But they had some maybe college or, or uh, semi-pro players uh, give it a go. And it's mm. it's insane, like just yeah. how how unprepared they are. To it like it hurts my knees to watch. Me. Yeah, yeah. Much much better watching sport than participating sport. Uh, Connor Ryan announced about the, the Winter Classic uh, that Bobby Orr, Zidane Char, Johnny Busick, Jason Veritek, and Tim Wakefield uh, – and seven other folks will be on ice for the ceremonial puck drop. Uh, my first thought is just, I don't even really have a question here. I just, I, the socks are now bleeding into the other teams in the city that they just love ceremonies to the point. Like they had the, the Bergeron thousand goal or thousand point uh, video, like a week late, just in the middle of a, that was was wild. a Jets game. Yeah, I was at I was at that that the Columbus game, and they, I was like, "Why are they doing this a week and a half after?" And like they had like three home games before that, so it wasn't like first time back at home. I was very confused as to why they waited so long, but whatever. They had they so many like, people to interview. That's true. Yeah. They did have a lot of people that like, but like it was very predictable that Bergeron was going to reach a thousand points in the first half of the year. Like that's the thing that you get out ahead of and not be like, Oh shit. Uh, he had a thousand points. We got some work to do here. Yeah. Like nobody saw this coming. No, we got a, <laughs> whoever was in charge of that really dropped the ball. I'll tell you for the, the ceremony that that lineup of players, 10 year old me is losing his mind at seeing that roster of people out on the ice, specifically Veritech and Wakefield. Like I felt like a kid again when I saw that lineup, like back in the time oh. when I used to consistently watch the Red Sox. So that was exciting I, for me to see. Like again, we love the ceremonies, and like you said, the Red Sox love their ceremonies. But I'm just thrilled to see all of my childhood heroes coming together for like everybody's grabbing like a, a very small part of one puck and just collectively dropping it onto the ice. It's going to be adorable. That was my question too. Is it five pucks? 
That's I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys involved there. <laughs> they should be having like a they could basically ice like a pregame between all of the people that they're inviting to a uh, to to that ceremony, apparently. But yeah, I mean, I've I've grown like a little bit disenchanted with all the ceremonies because I feel like the, the Red Sox use it as like a PR shield sometimes. And they're like, oh, things aren't going good. We got to we got to trot out everybody like all the people that uh, that people used to love. So mm-hmm. um yeah, but it'll. I mean, it'll be cool. I mean, there's. I'm not going to complain. I mean, league wide, yeah. they just love their videos. If Pavel Zaka gets a ceremonial return to New Jersey video, then like, what's <laughs> what's the threshold? Like, who doesn't get a video? Like, yeah, I can't I, yeah. I, and like, the funniest part about that is that Devils fans could not be happier to to lose Pavel Zaka this no. summer. And like, that's that's been a very very interesting experience because. I did tweet about it last week about like how how impressed I've been by Pavel Zaka even without him scoring, and a lot of Devils fans were like, "Wait, what?" They were like, "He's not scoring, and you like him?" It's like I, I I didn't pay fully close attention to the Pavel Zaka experience in New Jersey, but man, they really hated that guy. They really really tore tore into him and like how he wasn't physical, how he wasn't doing much if he wasn't scoring, and. I've seen I've seen none of that this year. He's been awesome away from the puck. He's been uh, like a really good facilitator, been a pretty big difference maker for this team up front. So absolutely, absolutely thrilled from from like what we've gotten from Pavel Zaka to this point. Yeah, it seemed like the sentiment coming out of New Jersey when that trade broke was that like this is a guy who will really benefit from a change of scenery. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with this game. It's just not working here. And then from our perspective. Sorry, I, I also think it, it's it's probably like eighty five percent him being a victim of expectations just based on being like a top five pick. Um, Called like the Taylor Hall experience in New Jersey, he, or he, he was actually drafted six overall. But like, yeah, like being a six overall pick that comes with pretty significant expectations. Um, and you know, if you're if you're not like a star or not like a crazy difference maker, I think that the team that drafts you ends up being like, well, this guy's a bust. This guy sucks. And I just think that that's probably where like the benefit of the, the changing of scenery comes in. I just feel uh, the devil's just reek of like a casual fan base. I know you're probably not looking to make more enemies league wide. I'm sure you have enough fan bases that hate you, but I, I mean, just feel like they, I don't know. Are there diehard devils fans? Yeah, there are. Um, and like it, it, they, they're like really diehard too. Like if you're in, a, it, it's sort of like the Islanders where it's like okay. the fan base is smaller, but like the people who are in are really in. And um, like, maybe they could get dwarfed a little bit by, by the Rangers and like how many peripheral fans I think the Rangers have, but uh, the, the devil's fan base is, is, pretty about the devils and from what i've kind of gathered a, a a smart fan base with like pretty uh pretty good pretty good uh bearings on them you feel the same way about uh leafs fans no i definitely don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing about leafs fans and like i know i give them a ton of shit and like i i i take every opportunity given to me to uh to really poke poke that that you know, that, that bees nest it's, it's a, it seeming, it's seemingly like a 50, 50 split for me. Like there are Leafs fans that are very smart and very measured and very 
invested in the way that I'm invested in the Bruins. And then the other, the other 50% are the worst people on earth. Like they're, they're like Yankees fans, but also worse. And so I'm, when I'm, when I poke the, when I trash the Leafs fan base and when I poke the, the bees nest, I'm really only poking 50% because it's, I'm just trying to mess with the worst 50%. I mean, I don't even think it's the fans. I think it's the organization as a whole. If you want to really get down to it, because uh, the Leafs this week find a hundred thousand dollars for flying on the 26th, violating the CBA. Jack Edwards could have told you that. I think it should have been millions. I think that's a disgrace to the sport. I think that's they should be relegated. They should be relegated to the AHL for a year. I mean, you call it the Marlies. is unacceptable. Um, you know, I was. The, oh, I was seeing a people on Twitter proud franchise cannot cheat. And I know by once proud, I mean like in the 1960s, but <laughs> it, it's that it, you can't cheat. Sorry. There was people on Twitter earnestly calling for them to lose a draft pick. And they're like, but they won't because the league goes so easy on Toronto. Like there's not an entity in the world that goes easy on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like no one gets beaten down more each year than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Deservingly so. Yeah, but that's it's, the it's, thing. It's like they've yeah. earned every bit of of being a, like a punching bag. And the the what really is the best part about the Maple Leafs fandom is that like there is an air of superiority. They're like the NHL wouldn't run without the Maple Leafs. And like, yeah, like Toronto is an incredible hockey market. But to say that like the the league would not run without the Toronto Maple Leafs and like being like the Toronto Maple Leafs are the most important thing to the NHL. It's when they haven't won in like 60 years, it's the best. I don't think people talk enough about the fact that like, was it still the original six when they won in 67? I think like 80 to 90% of their championships came with like four other teams in the league, five other teams in the league. They're like Montreal, but like more arrogant about it. Somehow. Yes, right. <laughs> like, cool. You won when there was four other teams to compete with. Like, I'll tell you what, man, like I know that the, the, it helps that Montreal has been like largely irrelevant and like, like their rivalry has died a little bit because of that over the past 10 years or whatever. But I, I fucking love Canadians fans. Like I've, I've grown to love Canadians fans. They seem extremely smart. Uh, like I, I, I love the, the city of Montreal. Like I, I know that I'm supposed to hate them as a Bruins fan, but I it, it's really been dampened for me. I've I, I've kind of channeled all of that hate into hating the Maple Leafs, and like to to give the the Canadians credit, like they hate the Maple Leafs as much as we do. Yeah, it's a, it's a hate triangle. Like we, <laughs> right, like yeah. we're all in it together. Yeah, but, I mean, I, it I, makes every... sense why it fades off. I mean, we, we don't play the Canadians this year until mid January. Played them twice, twice this year. Yeah, and they're not good. And, and they're not good. And yeah. the one year that they were good, we didn't play, we didn't them, play at all. them at all. We yeah. were deprived of a Montreal Boston that would Stanley have been Cup incredible. final. Incredible. That was the one thing that I was hoping for that entire and like the the road was paved. The road was paved. Like the Bruins could have could have gotten there. And uh and obviously the the Canadians did by extraordinary circumstances, but yeah, I, I mean I, I definitely want the league to uh and I, I know that they discussed this um but I want them to kind of like hone in on rivalries again, because it does seem like kind of a lost art in the NHL in terms mm-hmm. of divisional rivalries. I don't, I don't love like totally segmenting divisions and stuff like that, but I do want more matchups against the teams that you really hate more. Like yeah. we don't need, you don't need to play every Western conference team twice. I, I really believe that you should be playing like half of the Western conference. They should kind of treat it like, 
a little bit like the the NFL does in a way where it's like, all right, you can play half of the Western Conference and have a home and home, or you can play every Western Conference team, but you only play them once. And then like the following year, if you were home the previous year, you'll be away the next year and kind of rotate it that way and cut the Western conference games in half and then redistribute those two divisional games. Like that's more what I would want to see. Cause I want to see like the Bruins play the Leafs a ton. I want to see them play the Canadians a ton and, 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 and do it that way. Yeah, I know there's also been uh, some whisperings about extending the regular season by a couple games. And I we, don't we, want that. Yeah, I can't imagine that many players. They need to do. cut it back, if anything. Yeah, that seemed to be the the weird part about it, is that the discussion among the players was that they were hoping to reduce it, and then they're taking the opposite approach. We joked that the only way it'd be cool with it is if those two extra games are against Montreal specifically. Yeah, I mean, again, like I, I want more games, but I don't want more games in the regular season. I want more yeah. games against. I want the games redistributed or cut back on. Yeah. I mean, I I understand from the player standpoint why they, they might want games cut back. I think, I think you just run into too many issues as far as like, why, I mean, why would the league want to do that? Like it would have to be like some serious union pressure. And then also like, it, it just throws off things like records and, yeah. you know, it, it like, from individual records to team records, it just throws a whole monkey wrench in it. It just seems like it would it would just screw things up more than anything. I don't know. I just don't see it as being a realistic thing. I mean, like uh, it's not like near the top of of like the things that I want the league to change. It, mm-hmm. the, uh, near the top of that, I want the league to change is number one, um, like the playoff format. I don't like the divisional first two rounds having to be matched up against your division basically like every year. It's uh, I think we've consistently seen that like the best matchups come in the in the second round rather than in the conference finals, and I don't like that. Um, I also really would like to see them open up the uh, and reseed the final four like they did in, in the pandemic year, and like to to bring back the the potential of seeing like a a, a Bruins Leafs final or a Bruins Canadians final like that stuff would be sick having interconference or interconference finals um would love that i but like f- first and foremost i think is a 3-2-1 point structure like i i just i i think that that makes just so much sense and i can't believe they believe that they haven't done it yet that being three for a win three for, for regulation a... win two for an overtime win um and then uh one for an overtime loss yeah, that seems to make sense. it just doesn't make out. sense it doesn't make sense that a that an overtime loss counts as half a win like you know we were like, talking about how like a, a shootout is is overvalued as well and we're saying that because we're bruins fans who keep seeing them you know in the past few weeks lose shootouts but it, that that's not a loss that like losing in overtime versus losing in a shootout does not in any way feel the same way. It doesn't feel the same way, but like that's there's no uh, there's no solution to that in my mind. Like, you know, like the only way that I I just I think that it makes less sense for an overtime win to count the same as a regulation win. That makes way less sense to me. Like you should have 3 points assigned to every single game. And if you don't win in regulation, one of those points gets taken away from you and given to the other side. And then if you win, you get the extra point. Like it it doesn't make any sense for me to have like, all right, you're going to get two points for a win here, no matter what happens. And then if you get to overtime, you get half of that. Like 
that it just re- it doesn't make sense to me. I think you need to reward teams that win in regulation more than than teams that win in overtime. I agree with put, that. Put the Bruins on pace for like a three hundred <laughs> point season. Well, kind of already 215. are. Uh, apropos of nothing, I want to get your opinion on uh, something that's kind of dried up in conversation is the David Pasternak extension. I know like everyone's focus is rightfully so being on the Bruins' success right now, uh, but it seems to have kind of gone beyond the back burner right now. It's not even really in the media cycle. Uh, I'm curious as to what you think they would be looking at in the scenario where he is resigning or extending. Uh, the amount of years and then off of that, the amount of money you think you would be making. Uh, I mean, like the, he's pricing himself up with like every single game at this point. And I mean, I think you're probably looking at like eight years, 88 million, which would be awesome just based on numbers wise. Um, but like, I, I think that you're, you're probably looking like 10 and a half, 11, at least at this point. My over under in my note is: Do you think it's over under ten and a half? <laughs> like, I, it's I, definitely, it's 11, definitely right? I think it's like it's definitely over over ten and a half. I think. Yeah, I know you he's he been gets it here. Yeah, like so. I I made this point on the on the Red Sox podcast a couple weeks ago. It's like it's so funny to like every everybody complains about about the Bruins front office. Everybody complains about the Red Sox front office, but think, but look at the difference between the David Pasternak situation and the Raphael Devers situation right now, where it's like Devers is inciting panic upon panic upon panic, because there is very little confidence that the Red Sox are going to resign him yeah. based on the way that they've retained talent over the past five, six years. Look at the, 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 the Bruins situation also have one of the best players in the entire league and there's almost no chatter and no panic about whether or not they're going to be able to keep him and that's because the Red Sox or the Bruins front office has made it a strength to retain the talent that they do have and do it at a very palatable price point and very strong um you know mutually beneficial agreements and I think that that has earned them a whole lot of patience from the fan base where, yeah, like you would love, I would love to see David Pasternak sign a contract immediately ASAP, but I'm not panicking because I trust the front office in evaluating how important he is not only to the team right now, but important to this team's future and where they're going. And like, they've already made a sizable commitment to Charlie McAvoy. So it's not like, it's not like I think that this team is like, okay, if we don't get it done this year, we kind of have to strip the parts down and rebuild. Uh, no, I, I think that they're trying to sustain success for a long time moving forward. And they know that they, they have to keep David Pasternak to do that. And I think that they're going to. Yeah. I think it's also just a matter of the, the, the difference in air around the, um, this is around the state of those teams right now is so different. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> if this was David Ortiz's final year and you know, the Sox had acquired, Christian Yelich and like there was this you know last dance element around it and they were the best team in the sport and 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 gunning for it all like there would still be some some Devers talks because like they've shown that they don't they don't keep guys around but I I think right now with the Bruins it's just all focused on right now which I'm okay with I'm almost okay with like just dealing with that after the year like well it helps that you're having like one of the best seasons ever in the NHL like not only for the Bruins ever in the NHL like this team is projecting to be one of the best teams ever and 
that will certainly take away uh, some attention from outside of the right now. And I think that a lot of people, especially with this being, again, like a quote unquote last dance, I think a lot of Bruins fans are just trying to savor this as much as they possibly can while it lasts. Yeah, I, I think this could be the la- one of the last years that the Bruins really or Bruins fandom really can enjoy having the talent that they do for the price that they're at. Because I think that's something not discussed a lot is that the the roster on the Bruins for the price that they're paying for most of these star players is outrageous. Like you have Brad Marchand making a hair over six million a year, like mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest left wings in the world, making barely over six million a year. You got Hampus making six and a half, someone who like in the first quarter of the season was a Norris to contender. Mm-hmm. You got Linus making five million, like likely projected to win the Vesna at this point. There's like there is almost nobody on this team right now that is overpaid based on the way that they're contributing to the team. I mean, like Craig Smith is probably the only one. Well, Felino uh, maybe Felino, but like Felino has a role, and like that, like he's playing the role that they that they intended for him to play when they signed him. So, I mean, like yeah, he's probably like a little overpaid, but he is doing what is what was asked of him, and so like that is important, and he has been important to this team, and like. You've got a, a a bunch of bargain contracts, including Pasternak, including Marshan, including Taylor Hall. Like Taylor Hall's been amazing this year. Um, you know, there's there's very little guys that are overpaid right now. So it's yes, I think it's like the vision going, is fully coming into effect. I think for the front office. Yeah, I, I think. But next year is when we really get into like the modern cost of playing hockey. It's like McAvoy making nine and a half. It's like that's what he deserves. And right. people, <laughs> Pasternak deserves more than ten million a year. Like I mean, I d- ten. That's the most team friendly deal of all time. Like that. Well, I mean, I I don't know if that's true when you've got uh, Patrice Bergeron making two and a half million <laughs> and yeah. David Krejci making a million. Like when your <laughs> when your top six centers are making combined three and a half million dollars, like that's essentially sap cap circumvention. My my favorite part of that signing was how outraged everyone was about it. Like specifically, like Leafs and Montreal fans, just being like, "Are you kidding? Like he's still around, and you're barely paying this man? Like, can you just get rid of him?" Like, yeah, I mean, it is again. It's like cap circumvention. It's like you. It, it's bad for the CBA, I guess. When a guy who is like, "I know that I'm going to be a top six center," is like, "Pay me one million dollars, and I'll come back." <laughs> Yeah, I'll retire when I stop winning Selkies. How about yeah. that? Like, I mean, it, it sets a. It's we really are like very, very lucky and very, um, very blessed that there are so many guys on this team that enjoy playing here and with each other so much that they will take the like the the under market value and like absurdly under market value at this point for like a handful of guys. So. It's, you know, Patriots fans know like that, that Brady did it for a a long time. You've got like six Tom Brady's on this team that are like, all right, pay me less than I'm worth and let's win. And it's It's, working. I'm, I'm interested to see if that, uh, that maintains past the end of the Bergeron era and see what, what this team looks like on the other side of it. I think we're seeing it die already. Like McAvoy got what he was worth um, yeah. based on on like the defenseman value in the open market. And like that's not to say like, wow, Charlie Mar- McAvoy was out there being selfish, getting what he's worth. Like it's really nice when guys are willing to take under market value to, to help the team should not be required. Like and should not be criticized if they don't. And no. I don't think David Pasternak, I think David Pasternak took a, took a deal on a hometown deal on his first, on the one that he's currently on. 
I don't expect them to do it again. Like they should pay him 10, 10 and a half, 11 million dollars. Um, and then I think we'll start to see that sort of, you know, regulate itself moving forward for this front office. But I'm really enjoying the fact that uh, you've got two top six centers making three and a half million dollars right now. I, I, I really enjoy that. Well, Pete, we appreciate you coming on, dude. Uh, I would tell you to plug yourself, but I'm everyone follows you. Uh, yeah. Were you rated like the number one Twitter hockey follow recently by somebody? No, I mean, like the athletic put together a list that was like, here are the top hockey followers. And I was among a, a bunch of other people, which was nice, but mm-hmm. not number one. You're number, number one. one. If, if somebody wants to name me number one, I'll take it. We'll do you it. You just did. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Barry yeah. number one pick. I'm the number one guest, right? Yes, you, you are, are the number one guest. All right. The best awesome. guest we've ever had. That's that's perfect. Wow. Look at all these compliments just rolling in. Pete, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate Thanks, it. Pete. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Pete Blackburn for coming on. Rob? Yes? They Hi. played the Devils, dude. They beat they them. They did. Do you see Do that? you want to start with the Devils game? I guess there was another game, too. There was another. If you want to be technical about it, there was another We're, game I'm before really... that. I'm fighting against our policy of not discussing Bruins losses because this was such a good game. The Senators game was Senators game was amazing. Minus the last the, about, you know, where they didn't win it. Part where they <laughs> Other lost than that the game. Yeah. I mean, like the takeaways. Holy shit. Cam Talbot is a fantastic goaltender. Sometimes. What the fuck is that? That's what was not that? how he plays the game. I was standing during that. All right. That one penalty kill for him when he had eight saves, I was Mm -hmm. like standing with like my hands on top of my head. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, (laughs) why are none of these going in? And then a ninth immediately after and then a goal. Yeah. Like, I thought it was nine because it was like as it expired. Oh, what an outrageous game. And just between these two games, the Senators and the Devils games, it's complete goalie games, which I love. Like, I really, really love goalie games. I think it is like hockey at its best because it's like you can have like high octane, like high scoring games. But like when they're not when like you're doing all of that, but then you don't score because this the last line is standing you up and like saying no, that makes it so much more exciting. And the goals mean so much more. Mm -hmm. And they I mean, they earned every goal that they got to. I mean, they got lucky a little bit. They got, you know, a bounce here and there, but uh, nothing was coming easy to them, dude. I mean, I don't know. I. I will say I I just smelled a 50 save and a loss coming for Cam Talbot. I really did believe it. I was feeling like a 1-0 game almost against Boston, like through after the first period. Because the Bruins were playing okay. There there mm-hmm. wasn't their best first period. Um, I mean, you could kind of say the same for Ottawa. Like, I know the Bruins ultimately, like, outshot them like fucking crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I was like, this is going to be one of those goalie games where it's just like one squeaks through and that's it. So yeah. I was kind of surprised for a three-two ending, but uh, this game also brought Jeremy Swayman's save percentage above ninety. He did it. I'm so proud of him. Um, it goes overlooked, dude. He did have a thirty save performance. Like he, he had a great game. That was a phenomenal game, especially in overtime. Yes, like, overtime was, was first of all. Oh my! God. That might have been the best two minutes of hockey I've seen all year. I think that's the best OT for the, the Bruins. Like, and not even just in terms yeah. of how well they played, but just how exciting it was. It was just up and down, up and down. Like, yeah. Jack was losing it. Oh, yeah. Up absolutely. and down the ice they go. Martha, the bond's on fire. 
no that was a phenomenal game i was really uh a deeply entertaining game yeah kind of like that first vegas game in boston where they ended up losing a shootout just like mm-hmm. it sucks they didn't get that second point but what a game my goodness Sens games are weird dude Dude, they are. Again, we've been saying this is like a different kind of weird. Like this is like still, I don't know, like within like a typical hockey game. There's something like outrageous happening in it, but it was still a weird game. I mean, like a 51 save uh, or 51 shot on goal for the Bruins isn't typical. They've only done that like I think like 10 times like in like recent history and they lose almost all of those games. That's that's strange. That's strange. I think that makes sense. I mean, you, you don't know, normally you don't put up 50 shots unless you really need to put up 50 shots. Yeah. Like, um I don't know if Ottawa's jerseys are like an alternate, but I hated them. Really? You don't like that logo? That uh I love the like logo. A, it looks like a coin. I love the logo. I, I really like the their jersey. Oh, I really like their jerseys. The it, black, it, just, the it doesn't deep feel black like the red. sends. I wish it had like I wish it had more of that gold copper to it. Okay. Yeah. That's and fair. It just, I don't know. It just I, looks I, like the Hurricanes. I think. Yeah, okay. Well, see, honestly, I think the Hurricanes kind of rip off of Ottawa more than anything. Not not rip off of it, but. I don't know. I just, I think of. Inspired by. I think of like Danny Heatley. We all that? think of Danny Heatley. We all think about Danny Heatley sometimes. Let me, let me pull up like his, like the jerseys from this time. I hated this old logo too. Ugh. Yeah, I guess it doesn't have as much gold as I remember. But oh yeah, it did at one point. They had this terrible thing with like the gold on the around the they've sleeves had, and around yeah, they've like, had the some waist. ugly jerseys in Ottawa. Yeah, they need a whole rebrand over there. Senators sucks. <laughs> it is kind of a weird name. That's another one that I don't think kind of gets enough attention. It's silly that they also have a Roman guard. Like that's what a senator is, though. That's not a senator. I don't understand. Like, first of all, they're named after like they're they're the capital of Ottawa. So it's like named after Canadian senators, which is not what's on your jersey. Well, it's the Roman Senate. And then are those even Roman Senate? That's like a guard. It's like, why would a senator have a helmet on? I fell asleep during the class on Roman history, by which I mean I was never taught Roman history. Like a like a soldier or something. It's not even a senator. No, regardless. Whatever. I I hate it. Put a picture of just like a Canadian, just a guy. Pick your (laughs) picture. Just call it the Ottawa Canadians, but spell it with an A. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean their names, if you go across the um across Canada, right? You've got the Montreal Canadians. Just people in Canada. The Canucks. And then you've got the Canucks, which are just the people in Canada, right? <laughs> guys are getting lazy. And then you've got the Senators, which are the people in this city in Canada. And then you've got the Oilers, which are the people who work in this city. In, there's more Canadians. And the Flames, which doesn't work because it came from Atlanta. Doesn't Atlanta even make was sense. Burned, but... And then the Jets, because the, the, the Jets, I'll give you. That's fine. I love how their old logo used to just be like a like a passenger plane. <laughs> it wasn't even like a cool jet. It was just like a 747. Like, yeah, just a jet plane. The helicopters. Oh, that's funny. This was, uh, again, like uh, the centers, I know preseason or even pre-preseason, they were like 
Senators could be real. Like they could, this could be a good year for them. It's not. It, I'm it, so it glad turned out they're to not. not be. Yeah. Oh no. Same. Especially being in the same division. Like I didn't. I was kind of worried. I'm like, we don't, I don't want more competition. The Atlantic is typically very tough. Not that it's really mattered to Boston so much this year. But they, one of the stats they read in the first period, Otto has 17 power play goals in their last 11 games going into that. Yeah. And so, I can see why. And like <laughs> Jack like, mentioned on God. the broadcast, they have a larger a larger percentage of – how am I going to say this? They have a higher percentage of their goals coming on the power play than any other team in the league. I could believe that. I mean, And it looks like it because, I mean, line. they're yeah. – their power play was kind of fucking brutal. Like, yeah, okay. So the penalty that Freddie took in the second period, that like yeah. closing his hand on the puck, which was like kind of a weird one because like you could see like yeah, like his hand was over the like covering the puck with in the same motion of sweeping it out of the zone. But whatever, I w- the way I said it to you is I would want that called, which I think is honest and fair and. Yeah, like if that went yeah. the other way, I would be upset that they didn't call that. So whatever. And then they were on the power play for 12 seconds before scoring. And it, the movement was like you felt it coming. You're like, this is not going to take long. And it didn't. Mm-hmm. And again, and again, Swayman, who at that point had been playing very well. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I can absolutely see why Ottawa's really milking that power play right now. Uh, Carlos Fall, were you that 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 made me worried. That made me very worried. Yeah. So Carlo like kind of tripped and like fell into the like where the ice meets the boards and hit his head against the boards and didn't look very good. He, like you hinted at, is like one head injury away from maybe thinking about stepping back. I think you need to. Like this wasn't it, but yeah. In quick succession, too. You know, it's not like six. It's not, yeah, it's not like you've had a 15-year career and you have five or six head injuries. Like, to have them in four or five years is, uh, I mean, that's that's bad. You want to you be able to, I don't know. I, I It didn't happen, obviously, but that, that is exactly where my brain went. Is like, I you can't, you, you can't start to put yourself in that kind of situation. I'm very worried for our boy. That's all. Yeah, like, again, like, this didn't end up being what I was afraid it was going to be, but, like, and I, I don't want to manifest this, but, like, in the future, if, like, he ever does get another, like, major concussion, I think, like, the like you'll see the media cycle, and it will be, like, is this it? Like, it's it's going to be brought up, like, almost immediately if that ever happens again. Yeah. Which, Which again, don't want to manifest it. I don't want that. Carlo is deeply important in this team. Um, great guy. Seems very mild-mannered. Like, a very quiet man. Does I just play defense? Like, he's although he's getting involved offensively a lot more recently. Like this is the most offense I've ever seen him involved with ever. And I'm enjoying it. You're, dude, I mean, he he technically was the last member of this roster to score. Yet in yet in the offensive zone, he definitely does just kind of come alive. He comes to a different level. I just love how integrated the defense is into the offense. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's there's no separation. It's like you're all because the it's the it goes the other way too. It's the offense is expected to be playing defense the entire time. Not that every team isn't saying that, but I think that's truer in it's Boston than it more. is most places. Call it the Bergeron yeah. effect if you want, but and then at the other end, the Carlson experience, dude. I don't want to talk about it. I, let's just bring up Eric Carlson. Every, every we went so long without talking about Eric Carlson. It was like three episodes. 
That's their bet. I was looking at the stat leaders today before the episode. I saw his name and went, you get the fuck out of here. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> but no, man, uh, it's like every defenseman's dream. Every like peewee defenseman that's like, oh, I want to be scoring goals. Like play for yeah. the Bruins. Yeah, it's Bruins and elite defenseman scoring goals. Name a better duo. Uh, Can't be done. So, fuck the uh, sends, though. Brief tangent. Uh, Leonis, uh, Hampus Lindholm now at a plus 28, leading, <laughs> leading the league. You know who's in third? No. Bergeron. Patrice? Yeah. Well, yeah, so it's, it's Lindholm at 28, Joe Pavelski in Dallas with 22, and what? Bergeron with a plus 20. Yeah, I know. Joe right? Pavelski? <laughs> yeah, right. And then Michael Is Bunn. breathing? <laughs> well. Jesus. Yeah. How thir- old? He's 38. Yeah, bro. I mean, he looks good. I don't even have his birthday. On he has Google thirty-four game. points. What's going on in Dallas? Dallas is one of those like black hole teams that like anything can be happening there, and I'm not gonna know about it. Like, yeah. Why you would forget you? that Sagan's still around? Is Joe Pavelski one of the best American players of all time? I don't think that's for me to say. I think it's Patrick Kane, right? I think Patrick it's Kane, Mike. Oh, uh, well, give it time. I think I think you need a little bit more time. Like Kane is a seniority before it was Mike Madonna. When I got into hockey, that was the conversation is Mike Madonna is the greatest American born player of all time. And then yeah, even and then the same vein at the time, the it was like American born Dallas star. <laughs> we, we even still let's. That's a great. Man. That's a good tweet. We should tweet that out mid episode right now. <laughs> Who is the greatest American born Dallas star? No one's gonna have. No one will know enough to weigh in on that meaning. Like, <laughs> like even most Dallas right. fans. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tweet this so people are listening. They're gonna be like, "Oh, that's oh my god, they actually it. did it." Yeah. People will be like, um, "Can you stop tweeting this and record an episode?" Time to. Uh, time to reopen the door oh, yeah, okay. to this age-old debate. It's it's. Very overdone. Who is the greatest <laughs> American? Wasn't Mike Madonna? He played for the North Stars, right? Madonna. I played for the Dallas Stars too. No, well then it's still Mike Madonna. <laughs> like, Who's the greatest American-born like Dallas Star? Mike Madonna, other. All like, time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. People are gonna uh, watch that tweet get zero interaction. <laughs> We have peed on. We finally get a bigger audience, and that's the first tweet they're going to see is us asking who's the greatest American-born Dallas Stars player of all time. Joe Pavelski, next question. Might be. Might be. All right. Do you want to move on past the Senators game? Because I just hate them. Uh, What happened? What was the Zaka goal? The Zaka goal was the weird one. Just that like little like boop, like snapshot as it was falling to him. Zaka's first goal in 18 games. Was... um. The Jake goal was this the the no that Jake game? goal was Jake goal was Devils. Oh no, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right, you're right. We yeah, totally yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. We we gotta fucking talk about yeah, that. We, that we is absolutely. probably top the second best goal of the year. First one being the juggling goal. That little like shoulder drop. So this is the goal where he's like teaming up the right wing, like full speed, drops his shoulder a touch and just gets around the defender without losing any speed whatsoever. Rifles a shot that goes wide off of the boards and then bounces right back in front of him and just taps it in for a goal before uh, Talbot had any idea what was going on. Talbot, that was in the net. Talbot was still looking around. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just the absolute worst case scenario if you're a goaltender. But um, that's one of those hockey gods are going to be on your side if you earn it kind of goals. Like you said, like Jake, Jake, like Jake's, does he beat four guys on this play? Uh, He beats one, two, three, and Talbot. But again, I can't get over that just like. The defender was trying to pin him against the boards almost. Like he went, the defender went to push him left into the boards. <laughs> Jay just like, he almost didn't even do a move. He just kind of just like turned two degrees to the left and was just fucking gone. Like he split the D, like took that shot under pressure. Like you rarely his own see rebound. someone just, break in that cleanly past the defender. That's a, I yelled about the I'm, I'll, I'll be honest here. I'm not a yeller, like be it at games or sitting at home watching. I'm really, I mean, like I'll join in if we're all yelling, I'll fit in. But like, I'll yell like I like a live shot of me watching the average goal. is just kind of like, yeah, yes. Oh, no, I'm, I'm yelling little, little fist pump. Maybe sometimes I'll just watch. Sometimes I just don't react. I'm like, they scored. And I just, nothing comes over me. This was a jump up and yell. I was like, just excited for Jake. Was it because yeah, I was gonna say was it because of the goal itself or because it was Jake or both? I just love Jake. We should have asked yeah, Pete to bring Jake on next time. Let's just ask Jake to bring Jake on. Let's ask Jake to bring Jake on. That's funny because I don't I don't know if Pete knows Jake or anything. <laughs> I definitely just assumed he did. Well, yeah, that. no, I don't know. I just I just said it. All right. Well, yeah, we're gonna end the Senators game with saying shootout suck. I'm tired of him. Stop going to the shootout. It's the fourth shootout in like what two weeks, two, three yeah. weeks. Stop having them. They're two and three in the shootout now. Five is way too many for not even halfway through the season. I do not want to do 10 shootouts in a season. That's <laughs> no. gross. No, you're saying an eighth of games? No. A slice of games ends in mm. shootouts? I don't like that. A slice of games. Yeah. Like weed. Oh, I meant pizza. Well. Well, it's tomato, tomato. It's, it's all the same. I know they some they called play. them Henrys. What? They called an eighth a Henry. Who, Henry who's they? Someone who is not worth remembering because I don't remember who it was. Someone said, like, oh, I'm trying to get a Henry. Yeah, they like that's how they, they referred to it. And they, they said it with like an air of like, you don't know this. This is Ask what people me say. about that because I can belittle you. Right. You, you, eh. you want to roll some dogs dogs tonight? Some uh, tinfoil uh, tin dogs? I don't, I don't know where you're going with this. It's, I'm just making up phrases. I'm not doing a very good job of it. <laughs> it's working. Uh, making up terms. Uh, the Devils. They played the Devils. The Henrys, as I call them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we played the Devils twice in six days in their barn and beat them both times. I love that. That's unreal. Especially because this is like the team that for a while we were like, I want the Devils. Give me the Devils. Like, I want the heat mm-hmm. check. How are we doing? Yeah. And pretty convincingly take him down. Uh, Linus Olmark, 30 saves. Great game for Linus, too. Great That Linus blocker game. save. Oh, my God. You Dude, see the one he was like down and just like last second rose the blocker up. He's so good. He's such an outrageously good goaltender. 20 wins now. 21 and 1. <sighs> Still leading the league in, in all metrics. I just that's crazy. It's just first and goals against, first and save percentage, best record. Tied second in shootouts with like a lot of shutouts with a lot of people. 
um, Razor tweeted out after the game, he's like, Linus Ulmer is the best goaltender in the NHL. And the, some of the replies just like, I, I live for the really dumb Twitter replies, like the ones you don't even want to respond to because it's not worth it. But I will screenshot it and bring it up on the show because it's still fun to talk about. Someone's like, wins are not a goalie stat. What? 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 Yeah, what? Yeah, they, they sure, are. They sure are. Like, what else? <laughs> like, what? Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, who gets them then? I don't know. I think they're maybe they're trying to say that like wins in and of themselves are not indicative of how great the goaltender is, but like they kind of are. Like, bad goaltenders don't win 20 games in 22. Like, that doesn't happen unless you're scoring 12 goals a night. Um, I, I would you want to take a guess who is second in both goals against and save percentage? It's Kachetkov. Yeah, it's Kachetkov. I cheated. I was looking this up. That did surprise me. I'll be honest. I was like, Kachetkov, because that name has not really been on the list. At least not noticeable to me. I've just been keeping an eye on Hellebuck. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's Samsonov also is is right behind them. I mean, he's a little further back, but like Kachetkov's like kind of right on Omar's tail. He's played in significantly less games. I think like eight less games. Oh, wow. Um, but, but still, uh, I wanted to see the, the um, shutouts. Yeah, there's a few with three and then a lot with two. The Four moment Linus gets the... a third shutout, it's going to be like, okay, he's there. All right, tied first. He's the best. We all know it. He's the best. We get it. Best goalie in hockey. That's what I call him. Uh, he beat the New Jersey Devils. I do not like this team. I do not fear this team. I don't feel anything about this team. Were you ever worried when it was one to one? Are you asking me that question? Yes. Okay. You were reading it like you're reading out something else. Um. So, all right. When was that? So that was after the Freddy goal and then the he should After goal. the Freddy oh! fight as well, which we should talk about. That was not his best fight. That was... It was, was weird. It was weird. We had a hard time. He got his arm. He couldn't get his hand out. And like, he looked like he was throwing in slow motion. Like that's, that was not his, like Freddie could fight. That was not what that was bottom tier Freddie fight. That was, and it was so funny because nothing, it came from nothing. It just came from like him just like going up to someone and whacking him after the whistle. I mean, let's, let's fight. Like, I don't know. Like what a weird he, way for a fight to start. It was after well, the that's whistle. A, that's a Freddy way to fight. That's a Kachuk way to go. And again, <laughs> Frederick is the third Kachuk brother as far as I'm concerned. That's the least that's talented. A, but love that. You rarely see a fight start after the whistle on an offsides. It's on, not like it was again, a scrum. Nothing. And- Nothing happened. They weren't even talking. Like he just went up to him. I thought like I must have missed something. And Freddie just like skated through the offsides and was like, I'm gonna hit this guy. And I'm gonna whack him afterwards. And then when the linesman tried to break us up, I'm gonna take my gloves off. Well, Freddie was playing center this game too, because Nosa goes out for a maintenance day. And I tweeted before the game, I was like, I'm very I think this is a fun little experiment. Freddie was like, You know how we should ring this in a couple minutes into this game. I'm gonna kick someone's ass but not really. And then for the purpose of talking about Freddie, I'm going to jump ahead to his goal. Please do. My God. Frederick's upping his game. It's not like he's like the top offensive threat or anything, but like compared to the Frederick two years ago, the one that everyone's like trade this guy, bench this guy, healthy scratch this guy. 
to what he's been able to do lately. And it seems like no one is more surprised than Frederick himself that he has this shot. Mm -hmm. Because this is the goal that it was like a failed clearing attempt from the Devils. And it was collected by Lindholm coming in. And Lindholm taking a page out of the the book of Krejci to not shoot in the high slot on your forehand. But to just drop pass it to Trent Frederick. Drop it to someone else in the slot on their forehand who shoots less than you. Yeah. To, again, to Trent Frederick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just for... So when that happened, I was immediately like, oh, shit. Like that, there it goes. And then Freddie just rifles it, like, against the grain, like, clean beat, like, on Vanacek. Just like... I was like, yeah, or Vanacek. Jeez, what's his name? I know yeah. players. Vanacek. Yeah. Thank you. He's a confusing name to me. I love that. That that made me really happy. That that's like again, like I love seeing Freddie thrive, and that was fantastic. Uh, another sister Lindholm. Also, it's also um, it's also worth noting that like that goal at first glance looked like it might have been like through a screen, and it wasn't. Yes. It was just a goal scorer's goal. Yeah, that's in the, you know on the broadcast they were saying that they're like it might have been screened, and then they showed the replay from ice level, and they're like, oh no, like that, that's just a really good shot. Yeah, <laughs> like. And it didn't look all too hard or unpredictable or whatever when his release point is so predictable. Freddy's, it's just like you see him like lean and flick. And it's like, here it comes. Like he almost does like a three, two, one as he's shooting. Whereas like uh, there are so many sticks on the Bruins that just unpredictable pasta mainly like just he has such a quick release. At any point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Marshy, obviously, too. Uh, when you see a guy shoot like that and then and just straight up beat a good goaltender, you're like, all right, sure. <laughs> I like guess Tim Schaller score a goal like that. You're like, oh, <laughs> OK. Like, all, right. all right. All right. It's one of those games. OK. There's no rules tonight. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. So that happened. Freddie happened. You know what we need more of in the NHL? Hip checks. Mm, no. Moving on. <laughs> Blood. Yeah, somebody threw a hit check last night, and uh, it just made me long for the days of like Johnny Boychuk, where he would just like staple people to the boards. Like the Bruins haven't had someone who throws hip checks since Colin Miller. That is the last Bruin I can recall throwing a hip check. I mean, I think just in hockey, I just don't think it happens. Yeah, or like you think of like Cronwall too. Like, although he was more about the ass check, but your ass your hips. It's all the same. Put that on the quote card. The greatest American-born Dallas Stars <laughs> ass of all time. <laughs> Still, Mike Madonna. Honestly, how's this tweet doing? Is is it getting? I think any... it's just me. I think only I've replied to like it. You reply. Point. Didn't even like it. No. Nope. Yeah. I'll I don't like, like your That's reply, why. and then I'll like the main one. Wait, did you at the broadcast during Freddie's fight? Did you hear them talking about the fans on the glass? No, they're it was kind of funny. It was like they're like, uh, Oh, look at the fans, they all got their phones out, like, and they, they weren't even like saying it in the like, Oh, this generation kind of thing, but it was just kind of like, like Guys, you don't have to talk all the time. Like, it's like, were they, were they just saying, like, and the fans are gonna want to record this one? Yeah, but it was like it wasn't even live. It was like it was like they it, it happened. They showed the fight replay, and then they revisited the replay to only pay attention to the people behind the glass. Weird. I'm like, guys, there's a lot of other shit going on. It was like uh, a yeah, McAvoy's hit on Heisher. 
the one that almost looked like it was gonna be a boarding but it wasn't mm-hmm. they show that replay like 30 times and they're like the two minutes following it and they're like yep it's clean and i'm like all right well we get it move on like they're playing right now you know showing that. it one more time here we're gonna interrupt the gameplay tnt has never shown a face off i don't know if you've never noticed that like mid play mm-hmm. not mid play but like mid game mm-hmm like they they're always showing something and they cut back to the game and the game's just in motion like you never see face they wait till the last possible moment and then they miss it yeah they kind of miss it a little bit oh well i like tnt i don't like tnt that brought you don't like I, it or you don't mind no it? i don't mind it um <laughs> i'm such a jack edward stan that I, I think of some of the comments people being like, Jack should just focus on the game. This is kind of going back to the Maroon thing. They're like, why mm-hmm. isn't he just talking about the game? And then with TNT, it's like, and really any broadcast, like there's you there's, you got to talk about other shit. Like they spent so much, they're talking about like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura for a while. And like, I don't know, there's just always so many tangents that like, it doesn't upset me at all. Like it tr- This isn't me being upset about it. It's just like, I'm just like looking for reasons to be upset that people don't like Jack Edwards. <laughs> and then I'm like, other I mean, people do it too. Honestly, this might have been a good time to take a break from Jack just because I kind of alluded to it when we had Pete on. But he has been borderline obsessed with talking about the Bruins' inability to travel until December 27th because of the uh, the CBA. That's so much funnier now that Toronto broke that. Like, if they didn't do that, it would have been like, this doesn't matter. But it's like, Jack had it. Jack's finger was on the pulse before it was even a thing. Like, how is this broadcaster aware of this? And (laughs) the whole Toronto organization either overlooked it or just like tried to skirt the system. I fully believe they just did it knowing they were going to get fined. And they're like, hey, we're going to, we're going to, I fully fully believe that's what it is like we There's know no we're way get it's fine, worth a hundred thousand dollars i mean well i mean depending who's paying it like to give you one shot like a, a slightly better shot at one game you imagine if, like, if the they playoffs, ask the team they're like look do you guys want to like pool together we're gonna get to take a hit for this but we get to be there a day early i'm sure some of them be like yeah whatever i'll throw a couple grand at it like whatever make the ahl guys pay for it it's only a a year of their salary it's fine after canadian tax you're gonna ask these guys to pay up a fine yeah i I can't imagine they didn't know it and i can't imagine that they thought they would get away with it so i would have to believe they knew it would be a consequence and they're like whatever that's fine we'll we'll pay it it's just just the tax way to allocate money yeah i I mean eh. it's toronto they just do toronto stuff i don't know dude maybe they I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another game where I'm like, damn, the Devils are hard to play against. The Devils are hard, but they're also no match for the Boston Bruins, the best team in hockey. They Come are, on down they're... to the Boston TD Garden. <laughs> they're like a controlled ticket chaos. package today. This game is brought to you by Mike Madano's ass. Mike Madano's American ass. Like, they just like Make smother that a t-shirt. people. <laughs> Mike Madonna's American ass in no other words. MMAA. It's MMA. Mike Parentheses A. Mike Madonna's ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. MMA. <laughs> this could be our first t shirt. 
Uh, yeah, I like MMA. Mike Madonna's ass. <laughs> Let's get Mike Madonna on the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. That penalty. Patrice Bergeron. What? The... What? What? What penalty? Oh, uh, I wasn't talking about that interference penalty he took in the second, which was the like Bergie very... took. Yeah, it was so weird. You see that? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was. It was just like he came up on the side of somebody and just like threw him into the boards, and they didn't have the puck. It's like what? Like what are you doing, Patrice? Like I think like, that's a, that's being... a Freddie penalty. Like that's a... <laughs> but that's somebody being soft on their skates, dude. Like <sighs> I don't know. Like why? I don't know. Why would Bertrand just do something he doesn't normally that, do? Well, like that's that. what we all were wondering, because he did it. <laughs> I, but I don't think he did. I think he normally makes that much. I don't know. I think he engages physically like that pretty often. It's fine. He ended up scoring the game winner. <laughs> yeah. Patrice Bergeron now tied second of all time in Boston Bruins. Game-winning goals tied with Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito. Only trailing behind Johnny Busick sitting at 88. And for those keeping score at home, Brad Marchand sitting at the sex number. 69 game-winning goals. The sex number. We love it. Woo! Woo! Uh, you think he gets 11 more game-winning goals this year? No, I do no. not. No, I do not. Perfect. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, that Bergeron goal was, I think, too high. I watched it again a couple times. I just think that they was. I think it was too high. I think they I made the wrong call. I don't think it is. I think it was kind of close. I think it's more than kind of close. They looked at it and like with the Devils player right in the moment, like signaled the ref like the, the high, like high stick. Um, but like the first replay on the broadcast, they were like, "Oh, that's gonna stand." Like no doubt, and there wasn't even. It didn't even really look like there was like much of a, a discussion about challenging it. It just kind of was like they took a look at it briefly and they're like, "Let it go." And for them to not challenge what was the go-ahead goal with four minutes left, like fair, yeah, no, like I mean, that, that had to have been right. obviously no, like like no, that's a goal because they were going to challenge that and then take the penalty and then be down to one on the penalty kill with four minutes to go. I will totally give you that. That like, if if they saw something, they probably should have. Being that it was a go ahead goal in the last four minutes, but I mean, I'm looking at it again right now, dude. It was so high, Rob. No, it was. I you're wrong, Rob. I'm looking at it. It's As am I. So high. It's really not. It's so high, bro. bro. Okay, we've had a we already had a goal taken away from Bergeron in the Senators game. I really thought they were gonna do it again. And Watch. I'm like, this okay, is illegal. Are you, on, are you on ESPN by any chance? Yeah, I'm watching the, the right, on go ice. the videos and watch the watch the clips. Watch exactly the very last clip, the very last angle. The one where they're on the with the ice level one? No. It's like it's like well, if it's not behind. the ice level, it doesn't matter because everything else isn't going to be deceiving. Like that doesn't give you, you the right see angle. It's above his shoulders. No, you can't. You need to look at it parallel. And it's not his shoulders, isn't it? The crossbar. Well, his shoulders are, is even higher than the crossbar. Stop trying to take goals away from Patrice Birch. He's done so I'm much just for it. Looking at it, that was so high. I disagree. I mean, even looking at the ice level. Why don't you coach the New Jersey Devils? Why don't you call up Lindy and be like, you're doing it wrong. Let me get in there. I kind of should. That'd be fun. Be good for the pod. 
if I was the coach of the Devils, if you if you coach the New Jersey Devils, that would be good for our viewership. Yeah, yeah. probably wouldn't hurt. I don't know if it would. You'd be biased that they might have a problem with that, but I'm not sure everybody would be on board with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bruins win. Burns sure win. did. Next game. Oh, I wanted to ask Pete about Tage Thompson because they're playing Buffalo next. I know uh, he's a big fan of Tage, as all of us should how be. How could you not be? Yeah. He's so. F- I was watching a video last night, and it's like Tage Thompson goals, but they get increasingly more impressive. And there was three different goals that I was like, that's it. That's the end of the video. And then there was another one even more impressive. Like, what a disgustingly good hockey player he is. Absurd. He's young, right? Like, I feel like I don't remember that name very Oh, much. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's young. I, I watched another video. It was like Steve Dangle he's... interviewing NHL players asking who they think is the most underrated player. And Matthew, Austin Matthews said Tage Thompson. He's 25. He's older that than is, I thought. He's from Phoenix. No wonder Austin Matthews. Oh, yeah. He said I trained with him in the offseason. That makes sense. Huh. He has such a baby face. It looks like he'd be like 16 years old, like five foot five. Yeah, he does kind of have a teenage thing going on. But also, TNT is an incredible nickname. This. I'm a big fan of that. I don't know. I don't. I can't say I call him that though. No, uh, that's all I ever hear Buffalo call him like on the broadcast. Yeah. TNT blows it up again. Can't say I'm watching many Buffalo broadcasts. Just watching the highlights, and even then, I'm I'm not listening. Speak for yourself, bro. Nice. Thanks. Um, Are we going to record after the 31st? Do you want to record? I feel like the Winter Classic needs its own video or it needs its own episode. Yeah, probably. It would be cool to be there and do an episode. That would be neat. But I don't, I, uh, I don't think we're going to. I don't think so. Again, no one, no one's donated tickets to us yet. So yeah. I don't like our odds. So until that day comes, yeah, kind of yeah. just uh, doing this. Oh, but well. we will be back uh, after the Buffalo game. And yeah, we'll be we're back after the. Oh, so okay. we're trying. You're trying to record New Year's Day. Yes. <sighs> or I just after it. the game on the thirty first, because it is a matinee. I will not be. Oh no, I can't. I can't do that. Actually. Because I am doing Christmas on the 31st. Because my Christmas got delayed. I will. <laughs> we can do the first. It's just going to be like the hangover special. That's fine. We can do that. That'd be an interesting one. I probably won't talk much. So, well, we could play it by ear, too. I mean, like, if it's a good game, I do want to record it. Because, like, I were if we try to record the Buffalo game and the Winter Classic, the Buffalo game is just not going to get talked about. And I feel like Buffalo games are usually pretty good. Like a a New Year's Eve matinee in Boston against a pretty good Buffalo team. Like, yeah, like that. That's probably a good game. Could be a good game. Could Could be good. Could be a good game. Brewers are four and three. (laughs) My God, they're on pace for 139 points. And they have what? They have a seven point lead for the league. Nine points. Oh, in the nine points in the division. I think I think it's seven in the league. I can tell you right now. 
It is seven in the league. Carolina has 52. Yeah, Carolina's on the up. They're already, Carolina's on a nine-game winning streak right now. That's the only reason that teams come anywhere close to the Bees. <laughs> you have to go, go on like a 12-game winning streak, and then they're still 10 points behind the Bees, and it's like, oh, look out for them. No, yeah, there, there's just to. been a lot of like ebbing and flowing of like a, a handful of teams like between second and like sixth place. And then like up atop them all is Boston. There was like a brief period of time where they Boston was like number two, but no, I'm I still feel very comfortable Boston being the best team in the league right now. A lot of power rankings still have them at first, but even still tied with Carolina at this point. But like a nine game winning streak is like it's a streak. Like it's I it's not it's a streak. It's it's just that. I mean, it's still wildly impressive, but Toronto is right behind him too. Any thoughts? No. To send people home with? Uh, just enjoy the ride. Like we don't Bruins fans don't often I mean, we we've enjoyed success, but not to this level. No team, no fan base has enjoyed success at this level for this long in the regular season. I'm this is incredible. Like it's not even January and the Bruins are gonna the Bruins are probably gonna end the year with sixty points, if not sixty one. Yeah. What? <laughs> like it's not even like it's not even the new calendar year. Like they still have like four more months of hockey. Like <laughs> three and a half. Just enjoy it. They're gonna hit a hundred points in February. It's gonna be amazing. Like, why are you playing Miley Cyrus? Is this our new outro? We're going to get flagged. Because you said... (laughs) (laughs) Listen, because you said the ride, and I thought that song was called the ride. It's called the climb. No, it's called the climb. Yeah. Well, (laughs) enjoy the climb, you guys. I'd rather you play the Toronto game winning song. I don't even remember what it is. And it's all right. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. All right, everybody. The Happy Days theme. Bear with me.